Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast for the love of the Sox. Hosted by Nick Borowski and Pat Hester. Hey Sox fans, welcome to episode 94 of Good Guys Talk Back. I am Nick Morowski and this is a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast recording just blocks from Sox Park in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcasts, especially on the ShyCitySports.com website. They've got some great Chicago-centric uh, content there and uh, they also have some good guys talk back t-shirts pick yourself up two or tree um we have a really fun show uh we've got a a wonderful guest that we're going to bring in in just a bit but my co-host always a pleasure talking socks with this man pat hester uh hello sir nick it is good to talk to you i am ready to start a new baseball trend it's a trend that happens at every football game i'm bringing the d and the fence to the next socks game to get the defense going in a certain direction because it's yeah it's kind of the point where uh, i'm a little bit uh i'm, I'm concerned uh, we talked about it being the Achilles yeah. heel of this team yeah. before the season started yeah uh, i need him just be average mm-hmm. at some point i need this mm-hmm. team to be average defensively yeah i i've never seen a d and a fence now i have brought that to a game before i out of like um poster board i constructed one years ago <laughs> did you but not to a football game not to a baseball yeah, game so i think might, we bring it to a baseball game yeah i have yet to see it uh i our guest is going to be able to help us out with this pat um we need editor, an education we need yeah, a big i mean on some things we absolutely do uh and i'm, I'm excited to talk baseball with this uh gentleman uh Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th. He is editor-in-chief, does a ton of stuff over there and more. Um, Jordan, thank you so much for uh, being with us on this episode. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, For people who don't know Sox on 35th, what is... What is like an elevator pitch for? Because you guys do pretty much everything there. We've got a very diverse cast of very differently talented people i handle mostly writing Mm -hmm. i never touch brandon's graphics i'm not allowed (laughs) and joe runs all the video editing and all that stuff we all have our little thing and when you put it all together it's just a bunch of young dudes slowly figuring it out as we go yeah it's Um, awesome and it's die hard and i love the passion mm -hmm. and you know anybody that's you know is passionate about the socks is you guys i want to talk to and uh, what, what really bring, what we wanted to bring you on is to talk Grandal, you know, Tuesday, uh, a great win for the Sox. There were some troubling moments here and there. Uh, but what was really alarming was Grandal's, you know, a couple of errors some catcher interference, pass balls. And, uh, we've seen this throughout the season and, and Pat and I have been texting and I was texting with other Sox fans that are, you know, of, 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 of a certain age and generation of, you know what? He's got to catch the ball. It's inexcusable. I haven't seen this happening with Zach Collins or boy, you know, this is what we paid the money for a grand to come in. And I know that's very reactionary, but there is a lot of truth to that. to someone like myself. Now I'm, I'm reading the stuff that James Fegan put out in the athletic mm-hmm. this week, which is a really good article. You had read it. And then uh, you had some really good points, you know, on Twitter as well. I, I, I guess the big question is, is, how can you kind of talk us off the ledge with Grandal and what are we missing? Uh, why is it okay that some of these things have been happening, especially the catcher interference? Well, I mean, let's just start with 
the fact of the matter is at if you're going to get two catcher's interferences in a game, you're not doing something right. Like, mm-hmm. Either way, yeah. there's nothing I'm going to tell you tonight that makes that acceptable, and I completely understand that. The aspect of Grandal as a catcher is the, the framing he brings to mm-hmm. it, and that's just stealing pitches. Now, yeah. you can argue what value that is versus just a bad umpire. That mm-hmm. that That's mm-hmm. still work that needs to be quantified, and people do their best to do so, but there, there's still the aspect of, hey, the, the way the catcher receives it, the way he presents it to the umpire, turns a ball into a strike. Mm-hmm. Or conversely, if you're a bad framing catcher, turns a strike into a ball. Yeah. So the value add there is when, when if you have to think about as a catcher, what you're doing is you're grabbing the 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 pitch a little bit further up in the zone, mm-hmm, presented mm-hmm. a little bit better because the farther it travels, the less it looks like a strike. Yeah, especially those borderline ones. Yeah. The the problem is, and you've seen it with Rondell, and you'll see it with a lot of good framing catchers too. When you start reaching out, if mm-hmm. if a hitter has a long swing, I think it was Bowers the other night that was a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Bowers is way out in front. He's got this real long swing, and it hits off Grandal's glove. Yeah. Those situations are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it becomes it, it. Let's just say a catcher gets three, four catchers' interferences over the course of the season. It's definitely in in such a small sample size to have this many is not um, acceptable by any means. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look at it over the course of a season, the value you're bringing by framing versus the value lost through those catchers interferences, the, the framing outweighs that historically with the data. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because it's, it's not always that you see it. It's the one, one pitch that he gets that changes the count from a two, one count to a one, two, and that sets up an, the next fastball or the next off speed pitch, whatever it is in that one, two count. Yeah. yeah. It's the ability to change at bats like that too. And I mm-hmm. think that's the value in, are the catcher's interferences incredibly frustrating? Absolutely. But the value is when he's not getting that and, and he's getting you those strike calls that even the ones you do, because I think fans see the strike three calls that you get. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily see the strike one and the strike two. Mm-hmm. The, those are the real value adds that don't make catcher's interference excusable by any means, but keep me from being like, oh, this dude's a bum. It's an overpaid mm-hmm. contract. Yeah, yeah. It's never, it's it's not understandable. Yeah. At, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I get the risks uh-huh. of being a good framing catcher. Yeah. So yeah. Jordan, I guess my question is, when you're taking it in the hole, right? Not mm-hmm. just framing the entire package when it comes to defensively a sure. catcher. How how much closer now is Zach Collins to Yasmani Grandal in terms of a defensive catcher? Zach Collins is very average in most aspects of catching. Now, mm-hmm. that's an improvement over what we had heard and seen mm-hmm. beforehand. Yeah. He's still very average. You're you're seeing the way he and I think if you watch a game when Zach Collins catches versus Yasmani Grandal catches, don't focus on the balls and the strikes. Focus on how they're receiving it and how they're presenting it to the umpire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's still a night and day difference. Collins has gotten pretty good, but it's still like it's the way he brings the ball either into the zone or kind of drags it out of the zone. It's like there's still work to be done there. Everything else, I think, if you look at the body of work at catcher overall across the league, Collins has a chance to be a very average backup catcher. And that's all mm-hmm. you're looking for. And yeah. the, the advantage he has is some ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark, which a lot of backup catchers don't have. Mm-hmm. Most backup catchers are there because they're good framers or people like how they call games. 
But even those guys find their way out of the league eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to have two catchers on your roster that can hit the ball out of the ballpark from the left side is uh, on top of that. There's value there. And if you're talking strictly defense, I will take an average defensive catcher if I'm getting above average offense. Now, if I'm not getting that above average offense and I just have an average catcher, well, there's literally guys in the league right now who have jobs because they're above average defensively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I think uh, Grandel's uh, slow start. I mean, what is he hitting a buck fifty or something? Yeah. Um, that is also what's coupled with, I think, the anger over sure. you know Tuesday night. Um, but getting deeper, you know, into Fegan's article of uh, the the lingering injuries from the spring mm-hmm. that Grandal is still trying to work through, and even quoted as saying I'm not there yet. I'm just not there health wise to do some of the thing he wants to do in terms of, you know, uh, you know, being on his knee, mm-hmm. uh, you know, different variations. Um, you know, I, I saw Rodon and, and Grandal kind of talking to each other in the dugout. And I can't imagine that a pitcher is ever happy to throw any more pitches, you sure. know, than, than needed. But do you get a sense that, you know, pitchers get what's going on here? I'm, I am I know what you're trying to do in the grand scheme, and mm-hmm. it's just really just an occupational hazard when there's an interference because you are going to help me more in the long run than those little blips. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. In the heat of that moment, it's like, you got to be kidding me. I'm throwing mm-hmm. this great inning, and now I've got this catcher's interference. Now there's an error behind me, and all of a sudden I'm throwing 15 extra pitches that I shouldn't have ever had to throw. I think in the heat of that moment, you're like, that's – absurd as a pitcher mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you take that step back and i'm sure that's what they have these conversations about it's like hey what can i do a little bit better how can i present a little bit better without having to be so far up and reach out for it mm-hmm. i think when you talk about the grandal just when you mentioned the fagan article and some of the injuries he's dealt with part of what he's doing differently too is you're seeing and this happened to a lot of catchers around the league a lot of them are starting to receive the ball on one knee yeah And one thing about that that's been interesting is when McCann did that for the first time last year, he had three catchers interference calls in Mm -hmm, the 27 mm -hmm. games he played last year. Grandal had none last year. Yeah. Well, he had one in the playoffs, but none in the regular Mm -hmm. season. Yeah. If you're start, if maybe that's part of the reason is Mm -hmm. that as catchers are getting used to this new setup, because it's drastically different. Mm hmm. Could that be sort of the byproduct of it too? Because now McCann's only got one this year mm-hmm. and he just got it last night. Small sample size, sure. Yeah. But is there some, and it would have to be something you check around the league, you get a little bit more data behind it. Is that new setup lending itself to more catchers interference? Because the point of framing it that way and, and having your stance with a knee down mm-hmm. is to be a better framer. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it amazes me because honestly, I was telling Nick before we started recording, I've been watching White Sox baseball since, Mm -hmm. you know, I was 10 years old. So for 30 years plus, I don't remember ever seeing a catcher's interference. I've watched thousands and thousands of games, both teams, and I'm sure there have been. It's just, I I don't know that I've ever seen it. So it just seems odd to me uh, that this has happened. But I guess my, my question, Jordan, to you then is if Yaz is really fighting through some injuries, it seems to me we've got some depth right now at Mm -hmm. catcher why not give him a, why not give him some time? I, I feel like they're trying to do that in some way. 
Um, he hasn't been starting nearly as much as right. Yeah, we would expect your starting catcher to catch. Mm-hmm. I think he was on pace for like a hundred something starts mm-hmm. before or what was it now? Thursday night, Wednesday night's game, whatever it was. Um, I I don't think he's necessarily on the pace you would expect out of starting catcher. I mean, we used to see AJ Pruszynski out there 130, 140 times a year. I I don't think yeah. we're on that pace with Grandal in any yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um. But you have to balance it against, hey, this team's already down at bat. Mm-hmm. Without Jimenez in the lineup, you're going to need Grandal to step up and continue to be some sort of producer. Yeah. he's Sure, he's been struggling, but you got a better chance of him producing when he's in the lineup, and I'll take my chances with that. Also having to balance, hey, maybe he can't catch as much. Maybe he's got to get some DH at bats tonight. Maybe he's got to go play first base. I, I think he's – I and I think this goes for any of these players. They're going to be the type of players like, hey, as long as – you can give me a couple of Tylenol and a couple of ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll suck it up and I'll go out there and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, balancing yeah. against that, making sure you're eventually healthy enough to be playing through the dog days of August. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, you never want a uh, podcast episode to uh, be stale quickly, but I feel like maybe in a couple of weeks we'll look back on this and be like, wow, um, you know, we kind of overreacted maybe a little bit on uh, <laughs> Grandel. Now, what I, what I think to end on Grandal and kind of move on to a different topic with you, the last thing I, I think would say is Pat and I have been going back and forth on, on robotic umps. And, mm-hmm. you know, very well that could happen in, in the near future. Uh, so this whole point is moot then. If, you know, if you're going to have robotic umps, then trying to frame pitches is yeah. gone. What's the point of it, you know? So, it, I mean, that is that is just a where we're at in baseball, this kind of mm-hmm. like – this this area, you know, you saw the the seven seven inning double headers, and then the man on second, and, and extra innings. And there's other things I know that are being worked out in the minor leagues. And we're in this really interesting pocket here of baseball that yeah. uh, some of these things that we've been debating and talking about for so long, or for short amount of time, are going to be gone maybe um, in a couple years. Um, but I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I'm going to take my chances with Grandal over Collins. What about you, Pat? Oh, I will too. It's just, it just, you know, I'm, I'm not an anti-Grandal person at all by any means. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I've, it just blew, it blew my mind it, to yeah. see the catcher's interference. And again, since it, it just seems such an oddity throughout yeah. my entire viewing yes. life of yeah. baseball, I never played ever, but it just seemed odd to me. So, uh, yeah, no, and, no. And, and I guess, I guess it bothers me because this team cannot afford yeah, could be giving extra outs because they are just atrocious defense. In sure. Cleveland against Cleveland. Yeah. Like, don't, sure. don't do that. Uh, so, all right. So let, let's talk about a little bit more defense because, you know, Pat, you know, we're going to bring the, uh, the the poster board D in the fence and we're going to get this thing going. Um, Madrigal. Uh, mm-hmm. what have you seen with Madrigal or not have seen with Madrigal? Are you, are you, are you going to live and die by Madrigal? I, so Nick Madrigal to me is someone who I expected to be someone. And maybe this is just my fault and not understanding him as a player. He's mm-hmm. not going to hit a home run. That's fine. No, I no. never expected him to. I expected him to be a 15 to 20 doubles guy. Yeah. I found you're going to mm-hmm. be that type of value player. Fine. Then give me 15 to 20 doubles and play pretty good defense. And you'll be able to overlook things. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to be a slap singles hitter to right field <laughs> and you're going to have your lapses on defense, yeah. 
you're you're opening yourself up to a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration for a lot of fans with Dick Mandrill comes from. You know, he, he's a high floor, low ceiling type player. Mm-hmm. But to hit that low ceiling, you have to play nearly flawless defense. Or you need to find the gaps a lot more often than he has. So yeah. far. Now, it's 45 games. I think I think there's a little bit more frustration with him because of the limited ceiling. I think yep, when Moncada yeah. and Robert came up and they struggled, you were, but they were still those moments where it's like, Robert hits one 450. It's like, okay, mm-hmm, I see. Mm-hmm, it's like, I mm-hmm. see what I'm waiting for. Yeah. Yep. With Madrigal, I think a lot of frustration for people is just, I don't know. I don't see what I'm waiting for. Am I waiting for slap singles to right field? If that's it, like I could have signed Gilmar Sanchez wow. to give me the same value. <laughs> like, th- that's the big problem there. Yeah. And I don't mind someone like Madrigal in theory. The theory of Madrigal's high ceiling is a very valuable ball player. It's a three, four win type ball player. So Jordan, my, I guess let's, when it's all said and done, who will have been, who will have had the better career in a White Sox uniform, uh, Madrigal or Gordon Beckham? Oh, Pat. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this. You're not supposed to talk about Beckham on this podcast. <laughs> if Go it's ahead. not Gordon, or if it's not Nick Madrigal, we've got some problems yeah (laughs) great answer if it's not like that's just it's not like it's a wasted pick but Mm -hmm. it's a it's not what you were hoping for when you built this lineup one to nine and i yeah yeah i i agree with you i mean boy i agree with you absolutely with the limited offensive ceiling so you need to be rock solid in defense Mm -hmm. um you need to get on base. Uh, you, you're you not supposed to strike out. I mean, that's what you bring to the table. And what I'm also seeing is just the arm strength. There seems to be yeah. like there's something going on. I In no way am I saying we've got the Chuck Knobloch stuff going on where he has got that inability he just lost. But, I mean, he threw one. And Stone, man, I, I love Stone. We could talk about Steve Stone for hours. But he called out magical during the telecast on Tuesday, like you got to throw it 40 feet. Mm-hmm. How, how do you not right. throw it 40 feet? And your mean is like, you, you know, what can he really do with that? So right. it's not all, it's not at the fielding, but it's also like the, the arm strength too yeah. um, has been a, has been a problem. Um, yeah. I, I'm hoping, and I don't know your, your thought, like, again, he doesn't have a lot of games under his belt, you know, but then again, you know, the time is now for this team. Um, right. So it's and it's the frustration you see with a lot of players on this roster. D- Dylan Cease is another one. Yeah, you have to balance development and winning, and that's really hard to do when these guys are key cogs to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what this team needs to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Yohan Moncada and Jose Abreu and Yasmani Grandal weren't struggling and Eloy Jimenez was in the lineup, I don't think anybody would really be talking about Nick Madrigal that much. Yeah, but because there's so many pieces moving around again. It's high ceiling, guys. You know what a Brayu can be. You know what Moncada can be. You know what Grandal can be. But you also see what Nick Mandrigal probably is. Now, I'm not willing to rule him out after 45 games. I just think there, there's a shorter leash for a lot of fans that I personally understand mm-hmm. because of the ceiling. Now, does mm-hmm. the game probably need to speed up for him a little bit more? Does he need to get used to those? It, it's not the college speed of the game. It's not even yeah. the minor league speed of the game. I think that still needs to come. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do understand the frustration a lot more because what we're waiting for and some of the gap between what we're waiting for and what he can be 
it feels like there shouldn't be that gap there, especially yeah. when he was this gold glove defender mm-hmm. and he's this mm-hmm. high IQ ball player. It's like, we're still not seeing that. And that shouldn't be hard to translate. Like th- yeah. that that's, I think part of the frustration too, for people. Yeah. So Jordan, do you, are you of the mind that once the weather turns a little bit, it warms up, the bats will also turn and warm up with it. I think historically this team for whatever reason seems to do a lot better once the, weather turns up and the, and, and the ball's flying out of the ballpark a little bit. I mean, when the ball leaves the ballpark, this team does very well. Like, mm-hmm. And as they're struggling to work through it, whatever, for whatever reasons, I, I am of that mindset. Yeah. Jose's numbers are, are pretty crazy. Um, and, and he's the guy we're kind of we're waiting for. Um, I, I know that a, a lot of people, you know, thinks this team goes the way of Abreu, and I think in a lot of ways it does. Mm-hmm. But I, I certainly, I, I'm more of the Tim Anderson, and, and we kind yeah. of saw it when he was hurt last year, and uh, during this absence, and and he's hitting just ridiculous. His numbers right now after coming back from the IL, mm-hmm. um, is, is he the guy that's that stirs the drink for you, uh, Jordan Anderson? I, I think so, and I don't even think it's because he's in the lineup. I think it's his presence on yeah. the bench yeah. with the players. It's like the team looks flat when Nick mm-hmm. or Tim Anderson is not in mm-hmm. the lineup. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about some of the intangibles that people can't exactly explain and it drives people nuts that they can't explain it, that's one of them where it's like this yeah. team just comes out flat when you don't have your leader. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good point. Like we were trying to put our finger on it and articulate it, Pat and I, in a recent episode, and it's tough to do. He just mm-hmm. brings so many things that can't be, um, you know, you can't you can't find a metric for it almost, uh, except for TWTW that Hawk, <laughs> Hawk Harrelson would would say. Uh, let's uh, let's get you out on, on some on some pitching stuff. Uh, Texas comes to town. Mm-hmm. Really interesting uh, series. You know, Texas is you know they're they're about where we're at nine nine and ten right now, chasing Oakland, and we're going to see Dane Dunning on the hill on Friday night against cease um let me take you back to i guess the fall um what were your thoughts when when the dane dunning trade went down and lynn was come and came over to the Sox? i thought that was probably going to be what it cost with mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. fact that you know you have your high top prospects and then usually you have your middle tier and you use that middle tier to trade your guys yeah the problem is that middle tier hasn't really proven itself yet so you're going to have to trade some top end guys at the lower end of that top end. And Dane Dunning fits that bill perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's someone who you can pretty safely project as a back end starter in this league for a very long time. He's going to have a good career. Yeah. I think yeah. when you, when you look at the upside though, and you know, a lot of people are now saying, Hey, we should have traded cease instead. It was an upside play versus a floor play. Dunning's another high floor, low ceiling type guy. Where mm-hmm. What you're mm-hmm. seeing right now is probably what he's going to be for at least 10 years in this league. And he's going to run through it for a little bit. But when you're balancing both top of the rotation needs, go get Lance Lynn, mm-hmm. as well as still wanting to play on those high ceiling type players, Dylan yeah. Cease, that's how you get a trade like that. I, I assumed it was going to be something when I saw they traded for Lynn. I didn't think, I mean, maybe they'd get lucky and they'd get Steve out of, or they'd be able to just trade Steve. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But just based on just kind of how the league was going and the fact that the Sox didn't have those young 18 year old um, players to 
package like four or five and send mm-hmm. them over, mm-hmm. we knew it was going to have to be a name that kind of hurt a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, you know, Cease looks different this year. The mm-hmm. optics, I, I still wish he could go like over four, um, maybe sure. give me five or six. Um, and he's not getting himself into as many jams, but boy, does he throw a lot of pitches. He throws, mm-hmm. he throws a lot of pitches. Um, you know, Lynn though is a guy that I think, He's your difference maker when you get down the stretch, of course. Yeah. And when you're talking about Cease or, or Dunning, I feel like Dunning was more of a project than Cease. Cease seemed to be a little head 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 more of a footing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. How, how do you look at this matchup going tomorrow, Dunning Cease? Do you think Dunning's going to have a lot of emotion? Do you think he'll go deep into a game, or do you think it's going to be kind of business as usual? I think for him, it's going to be very business as usual, but you also have to remember one thing, and this was probably one of the biggest reasons they chose to trade Dunning for Lynn. It's Dunning's on a pitch limit this year. Yeah. He's just coming off of Tommy Johnson. Yeah. That, that's not going yeah. to play in the dog days of August when you mm-hmm. need your guys, you need mm-hmm. your horses. That's not going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think he's going to, he'll probably have a good outing tomorrow. If, yeah. if we're being honest with ourselves, yeah. it'll be one where it's like, Oh, we should have never traded this guy. Yeah, and watch for that. What mm-hmm. I mean, watch for that <laughs> on social media because you know what? I, <laughs> I do root for the guy. I mean, oh, for he, sure. anybody that goes through all the stuff that he's gone through, and I liked his stuff towards the end of last season. I really did, and I know he was slowly getting stretched out. And uh, boy, he had some exciting, you know, mm-hmm. when everything was working for him. And I and I do root for the guy. You know, I hope he gets. You know, I hope he gets taken care of tomorrow. But if he does have a good game, it's, you know, tip your hat to you, man, because oh, you're sure. you're a good pitcher and pitching's going to beat, you know, hitting in my mind. Um, so and it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. And something to watch for him over the course of his career is just going to be the one concern I really had about him is he's not going to be a high strikeout guy. Yeah. And you saw in Oakland after Dallas Keuchel got kind of hit around a little bit in game two last mm-hmm. year. I got to say, I'm like, Dunning's kind of the same type of pitcher. He's a sinker baller. He needs to live down. The A's are that type of patient yeah. team that they're going to wait oh, you yeah. out. Yeah. And you could see it. They Sure, Ricky pulled him real early last yeah. year. But you could see it. It's like, these guys are just waiting for their pitch, and they're not giving mm-hmm. you nothing. Yeah. He, Dunning will do really well against high swing and miss teams because they're just going to beat the ball into the ground all day. Anyone who's willing yeah. to be patient, he's going to struggle with. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, Jordan, I, I really appreciate your time. Um, I, I know you're a busy man. Um, editor in chief of Sox on 35th. Um, some great stuff, folks. If you are new to kind of the Sox world and you're trying to find out where am I going to get my information, Sox on 35th has got some outstanding stuff. And two time Sox math champ, Jordan Lazowski. I'm not going <laughs> to ask you about your secrets, those are yours. Uh, but that's impressive stuff, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, for joining us i appreciate it thanks for having me on this was a blast i love doing stuff like this so Cheers, love what you guys do awesome. awesome hopefully we can call on you uh throughout the season, season absolutely awesome. absolutely would love to do it cool great stuff uh there from jordan uh jordan lazowski with socks on 35th um just helps to put things in perspective for us pat um just the metrics and you know it, it just brings to light what what we might have been missing um as you and i and and, and others were, were watching some of that on tuesday with grandal yeah i feel a little better 
yeah, a, a little better. Yeah. Uh, Jordan yeah. was awesome. Obviously, yeah. extremely bright, uh, smart smarter, guy, yeah. smarter than me, way smarter <laughs> than me. So we've got that figured out. Um, but yeah, I I just can I I just want more, I guess. And, and if it's in, if it's a you know the way he's receiving the ball now, or he's he's not feeling all that great, uh, and that's affecting the way he is at the plate. I, I still would be of the mind. And I get it. He's he's getting less time than a, a normal starting catcher in this league would get. But mm-hmm. boy, if he if he needs ten days to get right, I, I'd rather get him get him ten days to get right and come back, you know, a better version than he is now. Yeah, you know, it it, it all stemmed from something in the spring. You know, he was having some leg issues and is not able to kind of do what he wants to do to get the results he wants to do. And um, you gotta you gotta think there's you know, some of that's got to affect the offense. Um, I, you know, Fegan talked about in the article that he's just kind of having some bad luck hitting into that shift and no, uh, the he's, damn shift. he's not so, able. <laughs> don't get me started on the shift. Hopefully that's gone to roll about um, seven innings. Give it, give it yeah. all to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what, what really was, you know, a troubling situation with Grandal and, and, but, you, we have there were so many other things that were happening in this Tuesday, the only game of the Cleveland series, which by the way, that second game getting the, the, getting delayed or postponed till Memorial Day weekend. I'm looking at you know Cleveland's weather situation. I didn't see any snow or rain. I saw some high 30 stuff and they and they called it on um on conditions. Boy, Roger Bossard must have heard that and just you know, fainted it up. He's laughing. He's are are you kidding me? Whoever their joker of a a heads ground crew guy obviously doesn't have uh half the skill and that diamond drive. Maybe they ran out. Who knows? (laughs) Maybe there were a short supply. It's COVID after all, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. But you know what? Ultimately, Nick, it works out in our favor. It did. It it, it didn't turn into a bullpen day. Yeah. And again, the, the, the pen is still, I, I'd say it's at half staff right now. It's not <laughs> not a full pen, if you will. Um, it was a little dicey in that Tuesday game. You know, Bummer's just not right. Crochet, by the way, Crochet is tight rolling the bottom of his his jersey pants. I did you not see that? He is tight rolling his pants. I have I you know that Nick, could be an issue. I, I'm a little concerned. Well. I'm surprised that anybody of his age knows how to tight roll. I mean, only people of our generation really know how to tight roll. Gene. Everything's cyclical. Everything is coming back. Um, but I, it was, I, you know, I had to take a closer look, but I, he just bummed a uh, crochet. just doesn't look uh, like his, like, like what we had seen. It was a small sample size last year. And, um, and then Hoyer boy. And, you know, Tony LaRusso's credit, I guess it was like, okay, um, enough is enough. Uh, Hendrix, uh, <laughs> excuse me, sir. Um, my uh, multi-million dollar man, um, two-time closer of the year. Uh, yes, we need you now. Uh, yeah, and enough. it was three pitches, so thank God it wasn't yeah. any more than that. Uh, but you know, we've whatever. seen the movie before. I mean, Cleveland can do that to you. I know. Where, where I know. they will nickel and dime you on a few hits, and then before you know it, you're down by one and, and Luplo comes back up and, mm-hmm. and Jack's, you know, a home run off a lefty or something. And you're like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know. It could have got a lot scarier of, of a situation than it was, but a, a lot of good out of that game. Right. Great, I, yeah. I'd like to talk more about Rodon. I mean, coming Go back for off it. of Go a, for it. off of a no hitter, you're facing the exact same yeah. lineup 
as yeah. you faced, which was interesting, but, but the exact same lineup that you'd know hit, you're facing that again, the defense behind him, he threw more pitches than he needed to, but my God, the guy's got a less than one ERA, less than a half. Uh, of an ERA and, and right he, now, and he battled. Man, he got into some jams. Uh, well, Magical didn't help the situation, but and then the Grandal situation. But he battled. Man, he got out of some of that. Do you know how difficult it is to go up against the same team you just no hit? I mean, they have got all the video. Uh, they've got it all, and they're like, okay, well. Let's figure out what did we do wrong here against this guy. We're on our turf. Uh, Francona sent out the same lineup. And Rendon's got to be like, okay, how do I fool these guys all over again? Um, That is a tough task. And to his credit, it was like 39 degrees at first pitch. You know, no undershirt on the jersey. Couple bunts undone. I mean, he went back to that recipe, which was nice. But, I mean, five innings, three hits, one earned run, five walks. The walks got him uh, and eight strikeouts. You know, so he his pitch count was up there. But it, that's, a, that's a tough task right hey, there. They're not going to all be masterpieces. That's that's a little no, bit of a bulldog That's a grinder. Situation. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so that shows me that, that he is – he's here, right? He's what we were waiting for. Oh, you're you're because you're making the, you're the stamp I, on it. Yeah, here. I'm 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 stamping it, double stamp it. Uh, <laughs> I'm planting that flag. He's he's here. I I've wow. seen enough from Carlos oh. Rodon. He's he's we're not even out of April. I don't care, man. Okay. I'm I'm making it. I'm making the proclamation. May God strike me down if I'm mm-hmm. incorrect. Don't say that, man. We we got to get to 100 episodes at least. <laughs> um, no, I hey, you're not. I'm not going to argue with that. It's impressive, man. Uh, it really is. Uh, I hey, just keep on chugging. Uh, you, you're not going to go out there no hit the team um, to give you five uh, three hit ball, you know, and you didn't have very good defensive behind the defense behind you. That's a hell of a performance, yeah. um, you know, and uh, I, yeah, it got a little dicey with the bullpen, but um, how about Abreu? He's now back. He's, he's well, back. That, that I'm back? going to, I'm going to say, whoa. Oh, you're whoa. not going to make a proclamation. I'm not, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to. Okay. You're waiting until 80, 80 degrees yeah. in Chicago. No, just, just give, give me, give me a string of games. Right. Because because he's it's not like he hasn't hit the ball of the ballpark yet this season. It's not like he hasn't got on base. Um, so it really I need I need a string of consistency until I say I'm I have no doubt that he will eventually. But I'm not going to say like Twitter was filled with all oh, the MVP. Pito is, is back and he's mm. you no know, problem. All the slump is over. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not so sure about that. I, I mean, to. Tomorrow could be the same old story at the beginning of this year. It's not going to be beautiful. It's going to be cold. Um, I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I was happy to see it, but I'm not all of a sudden ready to proclaim that this guy's out of his quote unquote slump yet. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear you. Uh, it, it looked like he did some homework though on the Boston series and he mm-hmm. saw where pitchers were going after him and he said, sorry, uh, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to fool me again. And, uh, but he destroyed a couple pitches out, out to left field. Um, and it, just the fact of him though, kind of being there and being back and, and displaying this power, 
it's just such a threat to an opposing pitcher. They have to look at our lineup and say, uh-oh, Abreu's back. He's hitting. I can't go inside anymore because he's figured that out. He's made adjustments. Um, you, you know what I mean? So, like, e- even though he might he might not be, you know, three for four every single night or, or bashing mm-hmm. the ball, just the fact that if he does it every now and then right now until he's really in his group, just it, it creates a threat that yeah. a pitcher has to second guess and doesn't look at him as that guy's scuffling. I know exactly where to throw that guy right under his hands inside. Or I'm going to move on to the next guy. Yeah. yeah. And again, I, I'm, I was happy to see it. I was happy to see him be attack the ball uh, uh, balls that were in the zone. Cause it seemed like the balls that he was, you know, trying to attack were, mm. you know, out of the zone, not, not pitches that you're going to hit hard. So yeah. That was good. It was good to see that. And I, but again, I just want to see it for two, three games in a row before I say he's out of his slump. And again, sure. I don't expect him to go three for four with two home runs every game. I don't expect that, but I want to see good at bats with solid contact. And, you know, um, and before I, again, I feel comfortable that he's back. You want, you want what, is, what TA is doing right now. Oh, you know, we, my. Talked, we talked a little bit uh, with Jordan. Um, he's the guy. I mean, there's no denying yeah. it for me. Uh, 10 for 23 with two home runs, six runs scored in five games since coming off the IL last week. Not yeah. Bad. Is it still a debate who the best shortstop in town is? Is that, do, do people still have that? As they a, do. As a people, people do still have thing that, that they talk about. I mean, it's insane, yeah. really. Um, yeah. yeah, I, Tim Anderson, um, what don't what what is there not to like about Tim Anderson? Let, let's just be honest. There's there isn't anything not to like about him. Well, years ago, and maybe even last year, um, when you know when this podcast when it was in its infancy, uh, I had a lot of problems with his defense. Um, and I I will be honest with that. His throws, um, he would send some things to Abreu that needed extra postage, um, and that's cleaned up uh, over the years. So. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in a while. He and made a he made a run saving play in the Cleveland game. I it's, saw it. I and, so I you haven't heard me say a lot of things because I, he's he's come around and and mm-hmm. he's talked about working on it, but it's it's his presence and he him getting on base to lead off the game uh, on Tuesday's game and then they kind of played small ball a little bit to manufacture a run and let the big boys you know get at it that are going to drive the run in. Um, yeah, shades of what we used to see years ago and uh, that might not always be how it is but he gets on base and yeah. and that's all there is to it and the numbers are there uh so i think this team goes the way of tim anderson i agree with you 100 percent. the energy the electricity that he can provide the spark that he can provide at the beginning of the game uh again he is the total package and and i and he i he hasn't hit his you know ceiling yet in my opinion no. He's got a long way to go before he's got a long runway of, uh, of incline. Before. You think he could be uh, an AL MVP boy, Nick? He, I mean, he certainly could because, you know, he's already winning the popularity contest, right? Cause a lot of that goes to the stars of the league and people that didn't get noticed and people that are on video games yeah. and things like yeah. that. He's yeah. got it, you mm-hmm. know? So it's going to mm-hmm. be tough, you know, to outduel a, a Mike Trout. You know, mm-hmm. that's going to put up the monster, monster numbers. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he'll ever hit as many home runs, obviously, as, as a Mike Trout. But no, no. But, you know, 
I don't know. I, I, I would imagine that a guy as confident in his skills as he is, that's something that he would be definitely focused on trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, uh, a couple of things I wanted to, to talk to you about. Uh, w- one thing was the Eaton suspension that got handed down. Um, this happened during, uh, the, the last game of the Cleveland series. It was a Thursday day game and the Sox lost that. And, uh, Eaton, um, went to slide into second to try to stretch, uh, out a hit into a double and felt like, the the I think it was the shortstop at the time. I could be wrong. Might have been the second baseman. Kind of knocked his arm off the bag with the knee and popped up pretty hot about it. And he gave uh, the Cleveland infielder a, a shove. Mm-hmm. And 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 it looked like it was more of a ex- explanation to the umpire of like he he shoved me and he and he kind of showed he he shoved the infielder to explain the shove. Um, and then, and then bench is clear and, and he got a, a one game suspension and I get it, you know, we're in COVID, uh, still, and there's protocols and, you know, you, you can't have people, uh, mingling, uh, by second base. Um, but really, you know, I mean, what did you think of that? I understand. I understand the, the suspension more from a shove perspective than a COVID perspective really you, the shove wasn't even that bad I I don't know you it was I, I it, it wasn't that bad but I could understand if the league said you're suspended for shoving another player I don't think it was all that egregious I can't what I can't understand is 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 if you're going to the ridiculousness of I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of my thoughts on this. Yeah. A lot of things like that. Nobody cares and nobody wants to hear about it. But if you suspended him because, because people of their own mind came out of the dugout and quote unquote, took their own health at, and put it at risk, mm. then that's moronic in my opinion. I, I, I remember years ago, there was uh, an issue in an NFL game where um, I don't know. It, <laughs> I don't know a lot about this story, so it's I shouldn't even begin to tell it because I don't know the teams, I don't know the players, but I know <laughs> there was, a, was there it was NFL. A, was it the Canadian League? It was actually I know it was NFL. I don't know exactly what team. Are you sure, it wasn't players. NFL. I uh, know, no, 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 no. It was NFL, okay. and a um, a player got flagged for something, and he went to the official, the umpire, the referee, and kind of demonstrated and what was being done to him and the referee flagged him and kicked him out of the game for putting his hands on the umpire. And it's you like, it's, touch him. well, but sometimes you have to use that, that brain of yours and uh, say, Oh, okay. You were just kind of explaining to me the reactionary stuff of, you know, eating hot and bothered, popping up, turning to the ump and, and just like kind of pushing the Cleveland infield. Like he, he pushed me. I think the umpire could kind of say, Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. Like we'll review it, but okay. Like, let's I think the whole it... thing is, is BS. If you ask okay. me, right. I, I, but I could under, if, if you're, if the league says we suspend you for, for pushing another player, I can accept that. If you say, and which I can't, I don't even know what, what did they determine? Did it, was it because of the insight of the benches clearing ball, yes. ball yeah. and it's because of safety protocols with yes. COVID? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I, what it was. If people could see my reaction right now, <laughs> I, I mean, 
good lord what the hell kind of world are we living yeah. in i went to a i was in an indoor water park with my family two three weeks ago we're in pools masks off i walk over to get a hot dog i got to put a mask on covid didn't exist over in the pool but if i go get a hot dog my god my my skin might melt off my body <laughs> i may have lost every listener we have now Nick, no, no 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 everybody feeling. loves a good hot dog after being in a water park everybody <laughs> especially me everybody's especially back everybody every everybody gets a little hungry after after they went down the corks through slide anyway, and they need that's a hot my dog. problem uh, <laughs> um, all right. Now we were talking about he's appealing the suspension, by the way. Eaton's appealing the suspension. So we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, we were just we're talking about uh, our pen having some issues and you haven't been taking any joy in uh, Colomay's collapses. Have you? Uh, you? You haven't been no. cheering at all, have you? That the twins <laughs> no. have been struggling? No, Alex Conley has never done anything to me, so I, I can't <laughs> cheer for his uh for He's his wearing struggles. a different jersey. But um yeah, I'm I'm happy about the twin struggles. I'm I'm extremely happy about it. It makes it makes me, you know, want to um you know celebrate with you know champagne, really, and pour it all over my body. Is that is that too much in April? To be happy about the twins <laughs> sucking, you have uh, interest. So after a water park, uh, <laughs> after a time in a pool, you need you need a good hot dog, and this is how I celebrate. I uh, I take my lost. shirt off and I just pour <laughs> champagne all over my body after the twins lose. <laughs> hey, you are living your own. You're living your best life, man. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and keep at it. I love it. I love every part of the Colomay disasters. I love the implosions. I love it. I love that we didn't get to experience it last year. And you and I on this podcast said eh, something, something yeah. could go wrong with this guy. I feel like the, the shelf life is uh, expired here and uh, it's happening. And uh, boy, I hope it continues. And I hope the twins are like, you know, 10 games under 500 when early May comes around and we face them. We need to be. 15 games up on them before I'm I understand. I, 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 I understand, but we're trending because that way. I've seen, uh, I've seen too much, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like seeing a hot dog being made. I have seen too much. <laughs> there we go. Back dog. to the hot dog. Hot Better dog put my mask on, on if I'm going to the hot dog factory tour. I don't think they're giving tours no? right now. It's not like a brewery no. tour. Like, no. come on in. No. I feel free hot dogs I, off the line I, at the end. I think tours are suspended right now. Uh, for, uh, all right. Uh, uh, Texas is in town. They're not doing that well. Uh, but, you know, we're, hey, we're 500. and feel like we've been 500 for the last five days. I, I'm really hoping the next time we talk, um, you know, we are sitting above 500. Um, you know, it, it just, I feel like Texas is a good team to feast on, um, you know, have, you know, in your home ballpark, uh, it'd be really nice to kind of chase Dunning early. It would be, I would, um, you know, we're at home. It, it, we haven't been home a lot, you know, so let's, let's do the right thing. Right. Everybody. That's what, that was my, my pregame <laughs> speech. Everybody do the right thing. Let's take two out of three in this series and I'll yeah. be a happy camper. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, next time we talk folks, we have a, a really fun guest lined up for the next episode. We're going to have the guys from the sons of Hanarchy podcast join us. And they are a lot of fun. I cannot wait to talk white Sox baseball with those gentlemen. 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, and continuing to pass this podcast along. Uh, find us on Twitter at Good Guys TV. Find us on our Facebook page. Um, subscribe, listen, pass it along. Find us on the Shy City Sports We're everywhere. Um, always a pleasure, Pat, to talk uh, White Sox with you, sir. Hey, Nick, I'm sorry I ruined our, our show here with my last uh, 20 minutes there of, of speak. But look, you know, man, when you've got something on the mind, it will come out. It will it will slip out, and uh, you've got some you've got some hot dogs. I've got thoughts. You need, yeah, you've got <laughs> I'm going to them right now. You've got thoughts, and you've got hot dog thoughts. Uh, no worries, man. Um, for Pat Hester, I am Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.